Scriptures Are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about elements of the scriptures that have become real to us because we believe that helps us draw more power out of the scriptures and we need all the power we can get from those divine instruments. I'm your host, Kerry Mulstein, and this is a special feature that we're doing as we study Isaiah. I'm really dedicated towards helping everyone not only learn to understand Isaiah, but I hope learn to love Isaiah. That's the name of my my commentary is uh, learning to love Isaiah. Uh, but I just really hope everyone will learn to love Isaiah. And as one of the things that we're doing to help you with that is I've taken little videos that I've made for my classes. Uh, so when I teach the Isaiah class, there's more than we can cover, even though we're sometimes just covering two chapters a day that we can only still do about maybe 30% of what I'd like to do. So I take at least one topic and most days of class, I have a little video that the students are supposed to watch uh, that explains some things for them. Uh, that they we just won't have time to do in class. And I've decided to make those into a feature uh, for everyone on my podcast. So this introduction will be at the front of each one of those. And then what you're going to have is the opportunity to watch or listen to. And, and sometimes I will make reference to pictures because uh, when I made this, I wasn't making it for a podcast. And so I didn't have just audio listeners in mind. So I apologize for that. But uh, I'll have both the, the uh, video on YouTube and I'll have the audio on uh, my typical podcast. And I think you'll be all right without the pictures uh, 99% of the time. Uh, but uh, you'll just get what my students uh, get. And I'll sometimes say we're going to talk about this in class, but we won't talk about it in class. Hopefully those elements we'll talk about in the regular podcast episodes. I'll also just say that I'm doing tons of interviews with other people on Isaiah for their podcast. Some of those will be joint podcast broadcasts, so you'll get to hear them as well. And sometimes uh, you'll just have to go to the other podcast. But each week I'll try and make you aware of where you can go to get more to help you study Isaiah. And then, of course, the scriptures and your time pondering is the biggest place and also commentaries such as mine or uh, those by some of my colleagues. So I hope you enjoy this little uh, video or uh, audio version of what I do for my class. Okay, so we are uh, just going to do a little bit of the history of, of uh, Moab to understand Isaiah 15 through 16, which is largely about the fall of Moab. So we'll go through the chapters together in class, but I thought we could do some of the history ahead of time to help us understand. So you can see here a map of how things uh, were around the time of Isaiah. Uh, here's Moab, and I've got a little question mark up there. The borders were moving uh, at various times, so you can make an argument that it wasn't at this river here, but it was at this river here, or this river here at the time period of this prophecy. They, they were always kind of moving a little bit, but that's close enough for us to understand um, where this is happening. So you can see Isaiah is going to live in Jerusalem, which is right about here. Um, Moab is really just across the way, um, and it's played an important role in, in uh, Israel for quite a while. So in fact, um, there's also some arguments that the border of Moab was up here, and that's where it was, say, in the time of uh, just before David, when Ruth, who was a Moabitess, moved across the river to Bethlehem, which is right here, right? So uh, for a while, its border was this big. It kind of moves around, as I said. So let's talk about why and, and who Moab is and just do a little bit of history. So, all right, so the Moabites are descendants of Lot. One of his daughters has a son named Moab, and the Moabites are, are their descendants. And so they're related 
to the Israelites. And that's an important point to understand. So we're going to kind of go back to the map just uh, for a second to help us get some of the history. When the Israelites come through on the Exodus, they're coming up, uh, they come along this way. And um, God wants them to come into the promised land. Uh, so they, they end up coming uh, really right along over to here. And they cross over behind the Dead Sea, maybe even right over here. And, and uh, they want to go through Edom. But the Edomites will not let them go through their land. Um, and God says they can't fight them. The Edomites are descendants of Esau, Jacob's brother. So they're related to them. And God says you can't fight them. You have to, to uh, go around them. So they come way out and around. And they want to come through Moab. But the Moabites also will not let them through. God says you're related to them. You can't fight them either. So they have to go around Moab, which, as I said, was up to, into this area at the time. Um, and, uh, but they do come in and there are some other people that are in this part that they fight and they destroy. So at the inception of Israel, as they then cross the Jordan river and, uh, inherit these areas at the inception of Israel, there's already some tension between Moab and, um, and the kingdom of Israel. Uh, David will eventually conquer all of these people. So the Moabites and the Edomites and the Ammonites are over here on their own, uh, doing just fine for a while while the Israelites have conquered the people who were in these areas. So they end up controlling these areas. But then David, control uh, he conquers the Moabites and the Edomites uh, with God's permission, eventually even the Ammonites because they uh, kind of insulted the Israelites and uh, intentionally so caused some trouble. And it is the uh, in the battle against their capital city, the, the Heights city or, or capital Ammon, that... Um, Uriah the Hittite is killed in battle as David's trying to cover up his, uh, his affair with Bathsheba. So in any case, um, Israel controls all of this area. But when the kingdoms divide, as we've talked about in class, that these kingdoms divided into two, they lost control of, of these areas. And the Moabites and the Edomites and the Ammonites regained control of themselves. Um, but then you'll get a powerful king who will take over some of the area the Edomites become vassals to Judah really for a while and you get kings of Israel who take this area back and forth and back and forth. And that's why uh, this border is moving and, and it's so far south because you do have some kings of Israel just before this time who um, have come and, and taken over all of this um, uh, down to here. Uh, there are times where the Moabites push it this way, times where the Israelites push it that way. But at the time of this prophecy, uh, Moab is... Um, fairly independent and they've become fairly powerful uh, the israelites are not able to um to conquer them the the one of the Om, omri had uh taken that area over but then the moabites so they were completely controlled but under the reign of his grandson the moabites threw them off and uh regained control of at least a large part of what they once were but not all of it um and they maintained that control uh down to this time period down to isaiah's day so they're still in control of themselves. They are um, um, paying tribute to the Assyrians in the same way that the Israelites are and uh, the Judahites by this time as well. Um, so or Judahites, we call them Jews. In any case, uh, they're, they're independent. They have a decently powerful army and so on, uh, but they're paying tribute to Assyria. Eventually, they withhold that tribute. Um, somewhere between 721 and 705 BC, 
Um, and as a result, just like they did with ancient Israel, the Assyrians will come down and make them pay, right? So we get um, the destruction of Moab, which is probably 711 BC. We don't know for sure, but it seems like it's right around there, 711 BC. That's what Isaiah is prophesying about, is when, because they have uh, withheld tribute from Assyria again, um, Assyria will destroy them. Um, so now let's kind of put this into larger context. Who else does Assyria destroy somewhere near that time? And, and why are they not bothering Judah? They destroy um, Moab and other countries, but why aren't they bothering Judah? Well, this goes back to that Syro-Ephraimite war, right? They've just before that, in 721, they've destroyed um, Syria. So Assyria uh, has destroyed Syria and Israel. And then 10 years later, they're destroying Moab. You can see this is just an area they keep having problems with and they keep coming down. So why don't they bother Judah? Well, Judah is paying tribute to King Assyria under King, or to the King of Assyria under King Ahaz. Remember, he invited them in for the Syro Ephraimite war and he became a vassal and he was doing what they asked him to. So they leave Judah alone, right? Now, eventually, Hezekiah will refuse to pay tribute and they'll come down uh, to destroy Judah in 701 BC. So we can kind of get these three main times, and this is where we'll end, but I want you to get this solidified in your mind. There are three main times that Assyria comes to these kingdoms, uh, the kingdom of Israel or Judah, all right? In the 730s, they come uh, because of the Syro-Ephraimite War. You're already familiar with that. 722 to 21, this is the final destruction of Israel. And then again, in 701 BC against Judah and Jerusalem. So in between there, they're coming against lots of other countries. And that's what we're reading about is the prophecies against them, such as Moab in around 711. Um, and you should know that date, but to really get Isaiah, you need to know these other three dates, that there's the initial invasion of Israel in the 730s, the destruction of Israel and the, towards the end of 720s, and then the near destruction of Judah um, just before the end of the century in 701 BC. So if you get those down, you'll, you'll be doing well. All right, see you in class.